This podcast contains discussions and descriptions of a sexual nature. If you are under 18 or you are easily offended, please move on and find a podcast all about Disney movies. Otherwise, come and join us. Welcome to the Pineapple Code Podcast. I am Mr. H. And I am Mrs. H. And we are a married couple who have decided to embark on an adventure into the swinging lifestyle to see where it takes us. In each episode, we will discuss our thoughts, feelings, experiences, and what we learn along the way. So please listen in and join us on our journey. Now on with the show. Welcome to the second episode of the Pineapple Code podcast. My name is Mr. H. And I am Mrs. H. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about what we expect to get out of this journey. So in the first episode, we kind of talked about who we were, um, why we started and where we thought we might you know, go with this and what we're going to get out of it. Um, today, we're going to go into a little bit more detail about what we kind of expect. So I thought we might start off by talking about um, the idea of what do we think about before we, we thought, you know, before we start looking into the lifestyle, the idea of, you know, being a swinger. I mean, what, Mrs. H, what did you think about swinging before we started to learn about it? Oh, I thought it was just a, a, a seedy activity where people just dropped their keys into a fishbowl and they fished them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so that's right. I mean, that's the way I guess I always thought about it too was, you know, it was that idea of the, you know, the 1970s and, you know, couples would turn up to other people's houses and you'd have all the, the guys with the greasy hair and the button-down shirt with the big hairy chest and gold chains and then they would drop their car keys into a bowl um, which were called key parties apparently and then you know they'd have a few drinks or whatever and at the end, the end of the night the 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 wise would then go and just randomly pick keys out and then that's who you'd pair off with and go and fuck in another room or something you know that's that's the way I imagined you know swingers to be um, and obviously that's not quite the case uh, but I actually I actually did a bit of research on this you did I did I was interested. I thought, this is the idea that we've had. Um, and, oh, by the way, I'm just going to bring this up in case you didn't notice. If you hear a noise in the background like this. Yeah, we're not having sex on our lounge. No, no. Our lounge just makes a noise. <laughs> so every time we move, it makes a bit of a noise. So I don't know if you actually heard that, but we can hear it really clearly. So we are not fucking at the moment while trying to do this podcast. Although... That could be an interesting thing to try. It could be later on. <laughs> later on. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Mr. H is in for some good times later. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky man. <laughs> anyway, um, getting back to uh, the, the idea of these, these swinging parties, these, these key parties, I had done some research and uh, I was interested to know, did they have ever really actually happen? Because, you know, we hear about it, we hear this story, but we, you know, with lots of things, a lot of these things become urban myths and they aren't something that really happened. So I did do some research and I found uh, there were a lot of academic journals uh, written about this back in, in the 70s and 80s. And the first instance of a recorded key party was back, I think it was 1968, I think it was in the journal. And they couldn't actually prove that these actually existed. They seemed to interview some people um, for this for this this journal and they they all the people they interviewed said they had known somebody who'd actually been to one of these parties but they themselves had never been there and they couldn't actually find a single person to ever been to one of these parties and then along comes the 1970s and you know obviously you just had the sexual liberation in the 1960s and the 70s it was all that disco and you know and these myths started just i guess perpetuating throughout society you know, um, so the idea of a key party, I don't think from everything I've read and everything I could try and find out, didn't actually exist at all. It's just been something that's been perpetuated by people who, you know, want this idea of swinging uh, and this in, in you know, uh, non-monogamy lifestyle. Those people who rail against it, and that might be, you know, religious people or uh, people with a certain viewpoint or whatever, um, they would latch on to these stories and then perpetuate them so that people would just go, oh, I really don't want to get myself into that sort of situation. At least from that, the research I've done, that's what I've found out. In a peer-reviewed article. 
in a peer-reviewed article. Actually, it was there was a few peer-reviewed articles. I couldn't read them all, but I did find a couple, and that was one, uh, at least a summary I wrote. I didn't read the entire article, but the summary I did read did talk about the fact they could not find any evidence of key parties happening at all. Um, so that brings me to then, uh, I guess, what does society expect from people? What do you think, Mrs. H? Oh, what does society expect from people? Oh, that's a tough question. I guess it depends, you know, the what values you've been brought up with. I think that probably unpinches everything. You know, when I was younger, like, you know, living with mum and dad and so forth, sex was never never discussed, absolutely never. And it's not until you get older and, you know, you go out with a boy and you find out what it's all about. Um, yeah, it, it's one of those things, you know, I never thought like if you were to ask me, say, you know, 20 years ago when we got married, you know, yep. would we be, you know, talking or even thinking about swinging? At, I would have just said no. Yeah, and, you know, I, I agree. I'm even thinking like literally, you know, uh, this is November 2022, and if we were back in January, uh, the idea that we'd be sitting here right now talking about the prospect of us going into this particular lifestyle, I'd be like, no way, that I couldn't imagine it. You know, I remember, uh, like like you said, when we were growing up, you know, you didn't hear about sex much, you know, um, other than if you, you know, seen it in porn or, you know, talk amongst your friends, but definitely, you know, parents, were, you would never talk about it with your parents. And you you know my life anyway i always i guess led to believe that you know you um you go to school you get a job when you finish school or you go to university or you know, for americans uh, it'd be college uh, you know and then you find a girlfriend you get married you settle down you have kids and then you retire and have grandkids that's basically your life that's how life works right and i remember we used to joke about you know um people that we might have known whose parents we thought, well, maybe they were swingers because they had a particular plant growing in their, their garden. I think it was, um, I can't remember actually what plant it was, but there's a particular plant here in Australia, which the rumor goes that if they, they grew these plants in their front garden, that told other swingers that they were also swingers. And again, I think it's all built on that same idea of these key parties. I think it's all a myth. I don't think it actually ever existed. But yeah, I remember laughing about that thing all oh, that person's parents are swingers and stuff like that because it was like this seedy horrible thing uh, and that was the way that that we we're brought up you know i mean even the hollywood media makes it that way isn't it you know every hollywood movie the love interest it's always you know roses and everything works out in the end and you know the, the, the stories are always the same but it always leads to that same sort of lifestyle you get the girlfriend or the boyfriend you know and you get married and you have kids and you live happily ever after and there's nothing wrong with that. I and mean, we have done that and we're quite happy with our lives. But, you know, it's, again, that idea of doing something completely different from what society expects is, you know, it's fearful. It's, you know, in some regards, isn't it? It's like stepping out of that norm. Yeah, step, yeah, that's right. It's the fear of the unknown, I think. You don't know what to expect. You know, you don't want to lose what you've got. Um, and you don't know what your reaction would be. But I think sometimes you just need to not so much take a risk. You just need to, you know, look outside the square and, you know, and think, well, you know, let's just go on this journey and see where it takes us. Yeah. You know, and again, it's uh, doing something different from what society expects. I actually have written down here on my notes because I got I make all these notes. <clears throat> Excuse me. I generally don't make notes when I'm doing this stuff. I actually make make these notes for, for Mrs. H's uh help so she can she can see something that we're going to discuss because i usually like to do everything straight off the top of my head whereas i'm a planner and i like to have everything planned that's right which is perfectly great for me because i know that if there are things that have got to be planned and figured out i know i can always rely on mr h to help me out with that because otherwise i would literally just wake up next morning and go hey i'm gonna go and do this uh, but anyway on my notes i've actually got this one thing here that i thought i, th I thought we'd kind of have a bit of a chat about and it's this idea of a rainbow party. Have you ever heard of that, Mrs. H? What is a rainbow party? Okay. So I, I, I wrote this down because, again, this is this idea of these stereotypes perpetuated in society to you know, dissuade people from going down a certain way. 
So a rainbow party, for those who haven't heard about it, basically works like this. You go to a party, a boy goes to a party, and there's usually a bunch of girls, and all the girls wear different color lipstick. And the goal is, and oh, sorry, not a boy, there'd be more than one boy too, sorry. The goal is this. The boys have to get the girls to give them a blowjob, but they have to get as many different color rings around their cock as possible. Now, <laughs> I know, right? It's it's a crazy thought, but this sort of thing pops up in the media all the time. I mean, you see these stories all the time. But the funny- what are you reading? <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay, I read some pretty seedy stuff online, but I have actually seen these things, you know, written about, you know, teenagers out of control and going to you know rainbow parties. And I've read this in the mainstream media, you know, literally the newspapers and stuff. Um, but when you actually think about it, I mean, just think about the, you know how you'd even go about doing this you have to organize this right and say okay all the girls have got to get together and decide who's going to wear what color makeup or what color lipstick i should say good luck with trying to get that organized but that would have to happen right then all the boys be like okay yeah so we've got to go there and even you know if you could by some miracle imagine you could get a couple of the girls to agree to give you a blowjob then you need to get these colored lipstick rings around your cock and get as many of them as you can without them getting smudged like think about that for a moment like how are you even going to do that i can't see how that's going to even be physically possible right but this is again one of these stereotypes that gets thrown around when all the teenagers are out of control and what are we going to do about it we've got to roll them back in and you know um it's just i mean and there's a whole bunch of other things like this but i just thought this was a kind of a interesting one because i have seen this pop up time and time again you know by what the stories yeah the stories the journalists you know whinging about teenagers out of control and back in my day blah 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 and all that sort of stuff i think it's it probably always happened it's just that uh with technology you know these days i don't want to sound too old but i think it's just more out there because you do have the social media you do have you know electronic means where you know these types of stories can be you know broadcast yeah for those who are out there listening yes we were born before there was a thing called the internet Uh, so do you do you think these these parties actually exist or do you think they're a myth oh Mm. i think i think they've always been there not that i've been to any of those rainbow parties but so you think it is a possibility there was someone has had a rainbow party at some stage possibly damn i missed out <laughs> I've got, right, we've got to find these parties you know and again i don't know if you can hear it in the background every time i move because i'm getting a little bit excited now every time i move you can hear the lounge we've yeah. got a very old lounge where we're in the bottom level of our house with with some mics recording this we've got um as we said in the in the first episode um we've got a family we've got one child upstairs who I'm hoping is not listening into all this. Um, and, He's actually um, got his ear to the door. Yeah. And the other children are out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we got we do have a noisy lounge. But getting back to it, um, these rainbow parties, yeah, man, maybe this is it. We need to find out. If this thing actually does exist, maybe you're listening out there and you have been to one of these rainbow parties, reach out to us. Speak to us on Twitter. You can get us at Pineapple Code on Twitter and tell us about your experience of these rainbow parties because I'm pretty keen to find out about them. I don't know whether Mrs. H is too keen about me getting on with a rainbow party, but yeah. I would at least not know about it anyway. <laughs> I can enjoy reading somebody else's experiences. Well, it would be very educational, wouldn't it? Just knowing. <laughs> Again, I just want to see. I just want to see how it can actually physically be done. But anyway, yeah. So getting back to, to the original question about. Um, you know, what does society expect from us? This idea of white picket fences and three kids and two cars, and or at least that's a westernized view of it, I suppose. But yeah, that, that I think is something that for us, for me anyway, going into this idea of this swinging lifestyle is it's very different from what people expect. So It's outside of societal norms. Yeah, that's right. And I think that it's becoming... Um, I think it's becoming a little bit more mainstream. Obviously, we're seeing TV shows and stuff about it, and that's where we started learning about this sort of stuff. And we mentioned that in the last episode. Uh, you know, so you are seeing more things about it in the media um, 
and it's becoming a little bit more normalized. But I think still, even though we're getting these TV shows, it's still getting, you know. Um, well, there's still a stigma attached to it, isn't there? Yeah, there is. It's still seen as something that other people do. Like, you wouldn't do that, would you? Other people do that. Look what, you know, it's salacious, isn't it? Look what those people do. And I, I, I don't think well, that's quite true. No, well, you don't know what happens behind closed doors. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, it's and it's funny, like, we think about it, like, um, what is the whole concept of the non-monogamous lifestyle? I mean, we keep calling it a swinging lifestyle because that's what everyone knows it as, but really it's non-monogamous. If you think about that idea that basically it just means that you are off having sex or some sort of sexual activity with other partners other than your main partner, if you think about like society as a whole, people could go and cheat on their partners and then they get forgiven, right? And and then we seem to think that's all right. But, you know, if you go and willingly do it, you know, with consent, it's seen as something bad and dirty and wrong, you know. But isn't it the same thing really? Other than the fact, you know, we in uh, a non-monogamous situation, there's actually consent involved, which I would have thought would be better. The knowing versus not knowing? Well, not so much that. I mean, I think just society is quite happy to forgive people who might have affairs. I mean, maybe their, their other halves might not be so happy about that. But, you know, in society, it's seen, oh, well, it happens and it's not a big deal. But if someone gives consent to, you know, go and have sexual relations with somebody else and they're, they're all consenting, that seems as something that's, you know, that's bad. Yeah, I, again, it, it comes down to what society perceives as being normal. And it could be just a case of, okay, you've got two people who are willing to go on this lifestyle together who are in a relationship, you know, versus against one person who is, you know, being unfaithful to their partner. I mean, at the at the end of the day, it's, you know, if you're embarking on this journey together, and you know, and you practice safe sex and it's all consensual and everything, then does it really matter what society thinks? No, that's right. It does. I mean, that's exactly the way I think of it too. Unfortunately, you know, it's not always going to be that clean cut. I mean, you know, um, depending on maybe you're part of certain organizations, maybe you're, uh, you go to church every Sunday or something like that, and the, your fellow people that you go to church with probably wouldn't look so favorably on on your life choices but um you're right that's it and, you know it's really it should be about you and it should be about your partner and what you want to do you know how you would like to live your lives i think that's really important um so that being said what what do we expect to get out i mean when we we've, we've had discussions about uh, you know doing this and we've had discussions about where it might take us but what are we expecting to get out of it it's a really tough one isn't it it's I think my expectation is is that obviously we go on this journey together, uh, we don't take one for the team, and we just see, you know, what happens. It's, you know, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer there at the moment, considering that we're still just researching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's fair. That's fair enough. Um, all right. Well, I'll, I'll put I'll put to you what I expect to get out of it. Okay. Uh, maybe this will help help you think about it, and maybe you'll probably look at me and think, "Oh, really? That's not what I expected." <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe the, this podcast will end pretty quickly. And maybe we just need to talk more. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So here's what I expect. I I think that this is going to strengthen our relationship. Now, our relationship is already solid, uh, but I think it's going to strengthen it. I think it's going to um, I think it's going to make it better because I think it's going to allow us that opportunity to open up a little bit more. And we've already started doing that, to be honest, right? Open up a little bit more about what we like and engage in activities that we might enjoy that we we probably held back against um, because, you know, for whatever reason, maybe society reasons or whatever. Um, but it will allow us to be able to be a little bit more us, if that makes sense. I'm kind of rambling a little bit here, but I, th I think it's going to be that's it's going to be a positive thing, and when I say that, I don't mean that suddenly in twelve months' time we're going to be out, you know, um, shagging five or six different couples every night. 
Uh, I just mean that, you know, it'll just be a stronger bond for us and we'll be able to understand each other better and um, just be a better couple and better people, I hope. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. It's... Um, oh, thank God. <laughs> no divorce shop for you. That's right. <laughs> This is this is this is something that and we we've discussed this before, but this is something good for listeners to listen to, right? Is um, that when you are having conversations like like we're having right now, it you know sometimes you might be a little bit nervous to say things, but it's better you say them, get it out there, and have that discussion about it. Whether it goes well or or, or doesn't go so well, it's better to get that have that discussion. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. You you know you've you've sometimes you just need to go out on that limb and. Um but, you know, conversations and communications, that's the key to this whole thing. Yeah, that is. And, and we'll have an episode. I've, again, looking at my notes here, I've got an episode all about communication in a few episodes' time where we'll talk about, you know, what, what's, good yeah, what's good communication and what's bad communication, et cetera, and what we've done right and done wrong as well. Um, but, yeah, that, that's it. So I think for me, Getting out, yeah. What we're going to get out of this is we're just going to get a better relationship. I really think that's the case. I mean, when you think about um, when we watched the the TV show, the Playboy Swing, that was one of the things they always kept talking about. Oh, it's going to make us stronger, and you know, and even after the fact that they've had the weekend, they've you know got to explore you know parts of their sexuality or whatever, and then that's what they've said afterwards. They said, oh, it makes us stronger, and it's kind of an odd thing, right? Most people. Even some people listening to this will probably think the same thing. I know I originally did. It's like, okay, how does fucking somebody else make your relationship better? I think it's the whole process of communication and then just checking in. Yeah, yeah. And so if you see, you know, see your partner getting uncomfortable because you are fucking somebody else, well, then there's a problem and you really should stop fucking that person and find out what's going on. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I guess I suppose where I'm coming from then here is with the idea that, okay, so they've had this experience, right, and they've said it's made them better. Uh, I guess for me, right, um, again, I'm going to go out on a bit of a limb here when I talk about this, but I'm look, I, I see it like this. Let's say we go, uh, we get to the point in, in this journey, we go to a club, right, um, or we meet some people or something, and you get to have a sexual experience with another woman, right? Uh, you have a great time. I'm having a great time because I know you're having a great time. So that's a win for me, right? How does that make us stronger? I think... Well, the, a, fa a fantasy is being fulfilled, right? Yeah. I think that it makes us stronger because it allows you to explore that side of you, side for lack of a better term, uh, but explore that fantasy, right, and um, en enjoy that experience. And that's something that maybe you couldn't do before or maybe felt you wouldn't be able to do before. And that makes us stronger because that, that just makes, yeah, that makes that allowable. Is that, I, I, I'm trying, I'm rambling a bit here. I'm trying to think of the right words. But um, for me, I think that's the way I'm, I'm looking at it. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm simply saying that's a potential outcome and that's the way i look at how this can improve our lives and our relationship by allowing us to explore those things that we might not have done before and be comfortable in knowing that our partner you and me are quite uh consensual to that and happy for that to happen if that makes sense it does it does so awesome um going back to it then again so with that in mind now you know what i'm thinking on that that idea um, does that change your idea of what you think we might get out of it? Uh, slightly, I think. I think it's just, yeah, and until we get to that point, you know, and start experiencing, okay, do we take it one step further? Do we, do we hang back? You know, do we do some more research? Until, until, you, until you're at that point, you, yeah, you don't know. Yeah, and I also think... Uh, and this is a big one, and I think this is we've already had this happen as well. Um, I think we're going to get better communication out of it. And um, and let's be honest, I mean, we're, we're sitting here doing a podcast about something that we're going on, a journey we're going on that, as we, we mentioned, we probably wouldn't have thought we would have been doing at the beginning of the year. 
So even that, the communication between us is better than what it was before, right? And that's only going to be a good thing. And I think going forward, the communication is going to get better again. So I think any couple, whether they're married or not married or, or anything, I think if you can have better communication with each other, that just makes your relationship better. Oh, it does. It alleviates a whole heap of issues. Yeah, and, you know, and a lot of that, and again, I guess I'm kind of bleeding to that, that later episode, but, um, you know, things left unsaid can cause problems, right? That can cause resentment oh, and all sorts definitely. of other issues. So communication is really important. So if you can feel free to discuss things and discuss what you like, what you don't like, or what you're feeling, if you feel free to do that and not feel like, oh, if I say this, it's, you know, it's all going to go pear-shaped, then that's going to be better for your relationship. You know, it's going to be better for our relationship anyway. So with that in mind, what fears do you think we might have? What fears do you have? Oh, fears. Yeah. <laughs> Such a strong word, it isn't is. it? Be, be totally honest here, right? So what fears do you have okay, so my, at this point in time? Okay, so my biggest fear is that this could all go, pay, you know, all go pear-shaped. And then it's, you know, the end of our relationship. Um, for me, that's a a pretty big fear. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's an exciting journey to go on as well. Um, you know, I don't feel that, that there's any resentment there. I think on my part at the moment, there might be, I don't know, a little bit of jealousy. Um but, you know, that's something that, you know, that I would have to work on. Yeah, okay. Um, so talking about those fears, your, you mentioned obviously your biggest fear is that it ends our relationship. I personally don't think that would happen. Um, <laughs> I'm really hoping that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know before we get to that point, I think point, we know well, <laughs> no, well before that. We've, been, we've got such a solid relationship and been together for so many years. But... All right, let's let's just explore that for for a moment, right? Um, what do you think? If that's a fear for you. What do you think, uh, or what what would cause that to happen? Do you think if if that was to become an eventuality, and let's hope that never does, but what would it be that would trigger you to go? No, that's it. This this relationship's done. I'm I'm, I'm out of here. I've put you right on the spot now. You have put me on the spot now. <laughs> I th yeah, I think it's just one of those situations where, you know, if if I'm if I decided that hey this is not for me and you've decided that yeah well this is something I want to continue with. Right, but that would be. I mean, again, we've we've discussed this and we've mentioned that if we decide one of us decide this was not for us, that's it. It's over. Right, we're not gonna not our relationship, but the um the yeah, journey. That's right. Yeah, the journey. Right. That's it. <laughs> um. Because, I mean, let's be honest, if if that was the case, let, let's say we got to a point and you went, no, this is not for me. I don't want this. Um, and I was like, no, this is the best thing ever. I'm going to keep on doing it. At that point, if I was to keep on doing it, I mean, that's basically cheating. Yeah. Right? You know, um, which is something I would never do. So with that in mind, you know, um, one one of your fears there, I can honestly say that we're not going to get to that point if we if that ha did, that does get to that point, we're going to have that discussion. We're going to have that talk. And I might say to you, yeah, look, I think this is awesome. I would love to keep going. But the reality is, if you're not into it, I'm not going to do it, regardless of how much I might want to, because it's not worth our relationship. Like our relationship is so much more and so much more important than just, you know, getting a fuck on a Saturday afternoon or something. You know what I mean? So um, for me, yeah, I, I can... Hopefully, I'm alleviating that fear, at least, you know, in the interim anyway. Um, for me, my fear, uh, I'll, I'll be absolutely honest, right? My fear is really performance. Like, <laughs> I know it sounds funny, right? But here's, here's the thing. Let's assume, and this is a long, long way away. It may not even happen. But let's assume we end up in a situation where we have progressed to the point where, um, you know, uh, I am to step up and perform. And I'm, you know, going to have sex with another girl, uh, which I then find that I just can't perform. That for me is kind of a bit of a fear because, you know, while obviously it's a personal fear, but it's also a fear of 
I don't want to be the person that then ruins that night out or ruins that experience. And particularly if that ruins that experience for you. So, and I, I guess I'm talking about, let's say, for example, you ended up in a threesome sort of situation. I can't perform. And the other, the other girl goes, right, that's it. I'm out of it. No, nah, it's all done. And then, you know, you don't get to experience something that you wanted to experience. That for me is a bit of a fear. No, it shouldn't be a bit of a fear for you though. Yeah, I know, but it might sound irrational, but irrational. Irrational. <laughs> irrational. He's confusing his words now. <laughs> Obviously, the blood is running to the right part of his body. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but, yeah, this is this is what I'm saying. And it's, it's an irrational fear, but it is one of my fears. Like, oh, okay, what happens if I get to that point? You know, um, and I've listened to podcasts and I've listened to, to people talk about this and a lot of them say, you know, and we've seen it on, on the TV show. We saw it on that, um, that swing uh, where that guy had way too much to drink, right? And he just couldn't whiskey get dick. whiskey dick. He couldn't get it hard. I honestly don't think I'm going to have that have that problem. I reckon getting hard is not a problem for me. I get hard over the slightest little thing. My concern would be more like I wouldn't be able to last long enough, right? I'd be so excited, right? And it doesn't matter what I think about or what I try to do. My my fear would be I just couldn't go long enough. Um, so <clears throat> you know um, that that to me is a fear. You know I'm not fearful of our relationship breaking up because I know that if we got to that point, as we discussed, I would be more than happy to back off and go, no, that's it. It's not for me. And the other thing too is, you know, it sounds like for men listening out there anyway, you know, we all want to be in a situation where we have plenty of women and, you know, we're, we're surrounded by women and we're getting to have all that, that sort of action. But, you know, um, I might also get to the point where I go, I actually don't like this at all, you know? So that could be a potential outcome as well. Yeah, I don't think there's anything to worry about, Mr. H. <laughs> <laughs> you know me too well. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I uh, yeah. <laughs> if I was surrounded by naked women, I wouldn't be complaining. No, he wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that is rational fear, but... But yeah, honestly, that I think that for me, that is my biggest fear is ruining it, for, ruining it for for other people. You know, I'm very much an other people orientated person, so I think that would be my fear. You wouldn't be ruining it for me. Well, that, that's good to know. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, so, all right, with with that in mind, then, so obviously this discussion is is helping. But I guess, what do you think we could do, or what have we been doing? to maybe allay those fears like you know that yeah what what could we do to make sure that those fears don't become a reality because the last thing you want is you don't want that self-fulfilling prophecy you know where you're fearful about something so you don't do something and then eventually it eventually happens you know because you know you didn't do anything about it uh, if that makes sense so you, you don't want that to happen so what what do you think we could do to yeah alleviate those fears I think it's just more communication, isn't it? But I know also for my, on my side, it's I tend to keep a lot inside. I don't express it all out. Yeah. So I know. when you get angry, you literally shut down, and then it makes it even worse. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Um, yeah. So I think on my part, it's just yeah, thinking about it more rationally, and then saying, you know, hey got something to talk about and then we just go from there yeah okay yeah that's you know and and that that's a good thing again it comes back to what we've we've talked about before about communication being so important um that you know if that's something that you feel that you want to work on you'll need to work on to be more open about those those communications um and why if i might ask and again i'm going to go out on a limb here if i might ask why do you find that you need to hold it in? Why do you find that you can't maybe express that or talk about that? Mm. I'm putting you on the spot. Again. You are. You're, you're put, you've been putting me on the spot a lot today. I, I'm in so much trouble after this podcast. <laughs> no, he's not listeners. <laughs> Success for me. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just, um, you know, as we were growing up, we were never, you know, we would, I wouldn't say never allowed, but, you know, it was a case of, you know, you really never talked about your feelings. Yeah. It was very much suck it up, move on, right? That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that that's interesting because that's very much a, a male sort of thing too. Like we, you know, as as, as boys, you're always growing up to uh, you know suck it in, don't cry, you know, be a man, all that sort of stuff. So you don't ever really do talk about those sorts of fears and feelings. Even amongst your mates, a lot of times you you don't talk about that stuff because yeah, you it's just, just not expected. No, and you just, you know, get on to the next thing. Yeah. So so for me, yeah, for, for communication, you know, for me, it is hard, you know. It's, you know, and I think it's also that you don't want to hurt the other person either. So you tend to keep a lot inside uh, because you don't know how to express it out. Yeah, that's very true. Um very true. You know, I've been guilty of that, of saying things that I didn't mean uh, and saying it the wrong way and then getting you quite upset by it all. So I've been guilty of that. And I know that is, for me, that is a really horrible, horrible thing to, to feel, you know, that I've hurt you in any way. I really, really hate doing that. So, um, yeah, that's communication. We've got to communicate better, right? And it doesn't matter by what means, whether it's, you know, having the conversation or... You know, the yeah, the text. As long as that text isn't taken out of context, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, make sure you you write that text correctly. Don't try and shorten it. And use pronunciations and pronunciations. Uh, <laughs> and spelling. Get your and spelling. spelling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be just as simple as just leaving a note. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's cool. That's something that we we need to definitely work on. Uh, and get better at so and, we can, and we're conscious of that as well yeah, so we can alleviate that fear of you uh, now how do i alleviate my fear my fear is performance anxiety how to be honest i'm not quite sure how to do that other than obviously more practice you know i'm <laughs> always up for practicing and it, but yeah and he's not complaining about practicing no that's right but you know obviously practicing my, my fear is not so much you know with you it's with is somebody else is in that room so um, I don't know how I can practice that until we get to that point. But yeah, maybe, I think you'll be fine. <laughs> maybe there's someone out there who can tell me how to fix that problem. <laughs> not that it's a problem. At least it's no, not a problem it's, yet. it's it's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, yeah. So this episode has been all about um, what we expect, where we expect to go with this, and um, everyone's journey is going to be different. Yeah, that's that's so true, and that's one of the things we're really learning as we've been researching and listening everyone's been you know, everyone's journey is different and i guess that's kind of a why again why we're kind of doing this podcast because trying to find someone or a couple talking about the things that affect us is very hard because again everybody's different everyone's doing this a different way and nobody talks about it you're not going to say you know to your best friend hey you know i've got this you know, I can't perform, you know, yeah, that's right. do you have any tips for me? Yeah. <laughs> Every, everything's anonymous, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's exactly true, right? Nobody wants to put their hand up and say, yeah, you know what? I, um, I was out on a date the other night and I met this really awesome hot girl and I took her back and yeah, I just couldn't get it up. Nobody's willing to say that to their mates because they'd be like, are you kidding me? Like you fucking can't get it up. Mm. Look at that girl. So, so it, yeah, it's just not something you really want to talk about, right? Um, with anybody. So, yeah, it's, you know, fears. Uh, you got any other fears, do you think? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess the other the, the other fear, and I think we're going to be talking about this, you know, later on, you know, it's just body image. Yeah. You know, I don't have the perfect size 12 body. I've had kids. I'm busy, you know, um, you know. I need to lose weight, but you know, Mr. H seems to love my body no matter what. <laughs> I love you no matter what, dear. <laughs> no, no I, I agree with you. I am literally, I am also not the Greek Adonis. I don't have the rippling six pack, or at least I, I might have the rippling six pack when I think about it, but um, apparently the uh, rest of the world doesn't agree. So, <laughs> no, I don't have the rippling six pack at all, which is, you know, again, yeah, we'll be talking about that sort of stuff later on. But um, so that's a bit of a fear for you. Uh, so what do you think, you know, what can we do to alleviate that fear, do you think? You like putting me on the spot, I don't do. you? Well, this, that's what it's all about, right? <laughs> Let's get it out there. This is how the conversation is is had in our relationship. <laughs> he tries and draws it out of me. <laughs> That's right. But I think it's working. Oh, uh, it is. 
It is. I don't know. I think I liked what you did the other night. So, so the other night we were Ooh, watching porn. Do tell. Yeah, the other night we were watching porn, and um, before we, before we, um, oh, how would you say? Before we got into watching a full episode of porn, you actually brought up a a, a clip. Yeah. So, so just to go back a little bit on this. So, in our last episode, we did talk about how the journey began, and it began with a Google uh, document with you know links to different porn videos. Uh, we still we're still doing that. You know, we haven't been doing it as much lately. We've had lots of things on, but yeah, we're still doing that, uh, which I think is great. So this was like a continuation. So the other night, I said, okay, let's watch a couple of these videos and talk about it. Although I must admit, uh, we were a little bit excited. So we didn't talk as much about it this time. <laughs> no, there was much more more action happening <laughs> than talking. Right. We, we didn't get the talking, so maybe maybe. In fact, I don't know what they were about. <laughs> no, I don't know either. So maybe maybe tonight, maybe we'll watch watch a couple tonight, and we'll do the bit more talking about it, and then uh, enjoy each other. But yeah, so this is what we're. This was the uh, the the form that we're using in the porn uh, videos we're using. So yeah, carry on as telling the story. Yeah, and so before we, you know, before we watched the um the episodes that we'd chosen, you actually um brought up this yeah, this this video and you know, it was a plus-size girl and she was sexy. Yeah, and um, you know, and Mr. H was telling me, you know, why he found her sexy and you know, and what was so attractive about her. And you know, and I think that that certainly opened my eyes up a little bit. Yeah, and uh, for those who are listening, I'll give you the three things I thought that were sexy about this particular girl. All right, I, one, I thought she had sexy looking makeup on. Two, she had big tits. I like big tits. <laughs> and three, what was the third one? <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. H doesn't want to say it. No. <laughs> All right, I'll say it. So the third one was she had a waxed pussy. All right now. I found that extremely exciting. Now, notice the three things I said here. None of them had anything to do with the rest of the size of her body, right? She was a plus size model, right? And she was probably to be, if we're quite honest, she's probably very similar size to, to Mrs. H, right? Uh, and I, I did find that sexy. You know, I find most girls sexy, but you know, there was something that was just, I think it was the fact Here's this girl. This was a, a video of behind the scenes. So they were shooting a film. This is a behind the scenes. But she was super confident. Um, you know, there she was, quite happy to do this film. And she was confident in herself, in her, in her own body. Uh, and she just looked really hot. At least she did to me. I mean, it's not everyone's cup of tea, admittedly. But, you know, I, I thought that was, that was sexy. And I wanted to show Mrs. H that, you know what? You don't have to look like the Playboy bunnies. Right, I mean that's all nice and good and all, but you don't have to look that way to be sexy. There are a lot of people out there that are sexy of all sorts of different body shapes and different body sizes, right? Um, it just how it happened that I thought this one was particularly sexy. Yeah, and this all stemmed from a conversation we had the week before. So, in a very, very, very long time, Mister H and I managed to get away to a hotel. Yeah, we haven't for the weekend. <laughs> been a long time since we managed to do that <laughs> that's right and so it was obviously he and i in the motel room and you know things got a bit hot and steamy if you like and then i got upset and then i started crying yeah it was it was emotional we had a huge day um, and actually our next episode is all about that day that we had um so We'll, we will definitely talk more about that in detail. But we had had a huge day, a very sexualized hot day. Uh, and then, yeah, it all, I guess it all got a little bit too much at the end, didn't it, dear? It did. It did. And then when Mr. H asked me what was wrong, I couldn't vocalize it. Um, however, I showed him. And in the, in, the, um, in the hotel room we had, it had a... Um, it had a mirror on a wall and, you know, mind you, we're butt naked. I've got tears streaming down my face and the mascara that was supposed to be waterproof wasn't waterproof. 
I'm still hard as a rock at this stage too, mind you. <laughs> and, you know, and I looked at, you know, and I'm standing in front of this mirror and I looked him, you know, in the eye from this mirror and I said to him, how can you find this sexy? And with I, You know, with my rolls of fat, my big tits, my big ass. <laughs> and I did my best to try and explain it. Um, I'm not terribly sure whether I was successful, uh, but I did do my best to try and explain it and point out that it's, you know, uh, beauty isn't the eye of the beholder. It really is. And, you know, so, um, yeah, that's that. So that's something that, that you you fear that your your body image is, in, is something. But, you know, we, we can overcome that. We, we're working towards that, I think, aren't we? Yeah, we are. And um, and so what Mr. H did with this particular video, it was, yeah, it was good. It was, you know. Because I'm not sure he knew how to vocalise it either. <laughs> well, see, again, I guess it comes back to that whole communication again, isn't it? Like, how do I vocalise it? I could, yeah, I, I don't want to say something without it being taken the wrong way. So I thought, I saw this video, I thought, oh, this this could be an opportunity for me to, you know, talk to you about it and, and see how you feel. Um, so, and and show you what, what I think, you know. So that was... You know, a different way of communicating, but it was it was it was worth it. It, it worked out well. So, yeah. Um, kind of went on top off topic then, didn't we? <laughs> we did. We've kind of ramble ramble. We've rambled into another episode. Oh my god! <laughs> so when we get to the episode of communication, we might repeat some of this stuff. We do apologize for that, but this is what this is all about: is having the, these chats. So, all right. Uh, back to fears. Do I have any other fears? Um, I don't know. I, I guess for me, a little bit of the fear of the unknown. Uh, what do we do? Like when? We, how do we approach? How things? do we approach it? You know, and and um, yeah. Again, I guess a fear I have is uh, upsetting you. Probably, you know, not so much. Just obviously, the, we talked about the performance issue, but again, just upsetting you without realizing it, or saying something, or doing something that I, you know, I had all good intentions, but maybe it didn't come off that way. Um, that is a fear for me too, because I don't want to hurt you in any way at all. So I'm, yeah, treading carefully as we we go through this. I journey. think we're both treading carefully. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want to destroy what we've got. That's right, and I think that's really important for us to to be mindful of each other's feelings. Um, but then at the same time, you know, it's a little bit fearful in the fact that, well, you know, um, opening up is opening up is always going to be a scary thing anyway. You know. Uh, but opening up and fearful of judgment, I suppose, right? Um, you know, fearful of the way you might think that that I think a certain way or, or whatever. And again, it comes down to communication. But that sort of, yeah, just fear of the unknown and fear of those steps. And as we as we found, as we get, we go along this journey and we've crossed a few little bridges here and there. Uh, and then you're like, oh, wow. What was I ever worried about? That's exactly you know, right. I would have been panicking about this for a whole bloody week, yeah. thinking about what I was going to say and how I was going to express it. And then it's like, oh, is that it? Yeah. Oh, okay then. So, it's the whole overthinking, isn't that's it? That's right. It is a whole, whole overthinking, you know. Um, so, yeah, for me, another fear is is literally that, the fear of the unknown. And I guess also, like, so uh, we're looking at a trajectory, I suppose, of you talking about this stuff, researching it discovering what it's all about and when is going to be the opportunity for us to actually engage in something i guess lifestyle like i mean for us the logical area here is there is a club there's a couple of clubs which is not too far away from where we're living um and we could we can go there and we can indulge in the lifestyle for lack of a better term i guess that for us at this point is probably where we we're going um you know at some point so a fear is, okay, what happens when we get there? <laughs> what do we do? How does all that work, you know? Um, so that's a bit of a fear as well. But yeah, but I think a lot of these clubs, they have like an introductory night where the newbies. Yeah, which which will you, be good. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll find out about can that. Can turn up and see, see what happens. Yeah. And I dare say, probably for our first visit, we'll just be watching anyhow. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure. I think that's what's going to happen. We'll go and we'll watch. And, you know, it's... It always reminds me, I remember seeing an interview, I was kind of going a little bit off topic, I suppose, but I saw an interview with Jason Newsted from uh, who was a bass player in Metallica. 
And one of the things he talked about was how Metallica became really, really big and famous and successful. And a lot of the things that they avoided, and they toured with Guns N' Roses. This is back in back in the early 90s. And they toured with Guns N' Roses and they watched what Guns N' Roses were doing. And Guns N' Roses, at the time, they were like the most dangerous band in the world and they'd have really crazy parties and all sorts of stuff after the gig. And he was saying that they would watch them and go, right, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We will do this. And they were basically going through like a checklist of all the things not to do so they could be successful and not implode and, and break apart like, like Guns N' Roses did. Now, it's kind of a bit ironic coming from him because he had so many issues in the band. Uh, for those of you who are fans of Metallica, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're not a fan of Metallica, uh, it is a really interesting read. Go online and read about what happened to Jason Newstead and, and his experiences in the band and what happened when you get to that level. But it was really... Um, I've, I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> oh, after remember, all that. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. He's two he, loves in life, pussy and music. music. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I think what I was trying to say was uh, that, you know, um, going through and, and knowing what not to do and, and what to do, it's a fearful exercise and, you know, I hope, yeah, yeah I've totally lost my train of thought. I'm, you know, I'm going to skip on that. <laughs> if, I, if I remember it, I'll come back to it. But anyway, yeah, so... Um, any other fears? Any other thoughts? No, no, I'm uh, all good. All right, I think, yeah, now I've totally lost track of everything I was saying. I think we might just call it an end to this episode uh, and we'll pick it up again next time. So hopefully you're getting something out of this. Hopefully people are enjoying it um, and um, reach out to us if you are. You can get us through our website, which is thepineapplecode.com where we've got all our socials and everything linked there. Uh, I must admit, I have been a bit lazy. I haven't got around to setting up the email address yet. So if you click on the email, it just says coming soon. I will get around to doing that uh, when I get a little bit of time. But you can reach us at Twitter. We are at Pineapple Code. And feel free to comment, tell us what we're doing right, tell us what we're doing wrong. Um, and yeah, we would love to have a discussion with people of like-minded thoughts around uh, the lifestyle. If you're in the lifestyle and you can help us out, awesome. We would love that. If you're beginning the lifestyle, let's chat and let's talk about this stuff as we go through together. So, again, that's all really for me. So, I guess, bye from me. And bye from me.